Welcome back to the Darwinian Times Survival of the Nimblest, a podcast by Ularity. I'm Mary Hanula, the Director of Marketing, and I'm so happy you're here. This podcast is the intersection of marketing and tech, bringing you exclusive insights and conversations with some of the world's most revolutionary leaders. We talk all things automation, innovation, and even lifestyle. We're big on balancing brilliance and also being authentic. I'm guessing if you're here, then you're probably on the same wavelength too. So sit back, relax, and get inspired. Talk soon. All right, so I'm just going to kick things off. I'm here with Heidi Morrissey, the president of Kitchen Tune-Up. Welcome today. We're really excited to have you. Thank you, Mary. I'm so excited also. It's great. I know you recently celebrated a big anniversary. I think that's a really good way to start. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Kitchen Tune-Up hit their 35th year in business on April 15th. So that was the day that everything officially started in 1988 with my mom and dad. And you know, we just really wanted to um, kind of appreciate everything that happened. You know, at the beginning, there's a lot of tenacity with founders. There is a lot of trial and error with founders. And they just, you know, they sometimes don't really celebrate. And I've always told my dad, even as I was taking over more and more responsibility, it's like, but you'll always be the founder. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that I punctuated that day for them and, you know, posted some things for their friends that maybe didn't know about the milestone for them on Facebook. And so it was really kind of a fun thing to be able, we weren't able to be together in person, but we were able to kind of do this a little virtually. I love that. I think that's great. And can you tell us a little bit about the story of why Kitchen Tune-Up came to be or how it came to be? Yes. Um, I always call my dad, he's an accidental franchisor. You know, he didn't intend to ever start a franchise system. You know, he worked for Montgomery Ward. Um, he realized how dealerships worked because of that time. And when he decided to start his own business, he really didn't know what to do. Um, but he had a friend that had just started cabinetry and he thought, you know, everyone has a kitchen. So he knows he can sell. He knows he can market. Let's go in and find an area that there's a lot of people that have a, a need, right? And so um, he started out doing his cabinet business, did that for about 10 years before he hit a significant recession in the 80s. And that recession really kind of threw him for a loop because people weren't buying the way that they had before. And that kind of pushed him to kind of develop a new process, a new service, something for a different revenue stream, which ended up being a wood restoration or a tune-up. And when my dad started putting that out there, he had people asking if they could do it. And that's when he kind of realized that, you know, he had to research and figure out how is he going to distribute this um, and realize that franchising was kind of the way to go. So it was, you know, he trained his first couple of people right in their houses. And, you know, eventually, you know, with the franchise owners, they created more services. Um, you know, I joined him in 2003 and, you know, we just kind of kept on growing and elevating to the customer because customers have changed. HGTV has changed the customer base so much and they're much more um, educated, excited, and they've normalized this idea that you can just change your space whenever they want to. <laughs> I love the idea of HGTV coming into this mix. Mm -hmm. I have never been so inspired in my life to change not only my inner space, but especially for me, my kitchen is a place that I'm in all the time. That's where I eat my meals. That's where I have cherished memories back at my parents' home and now in my own place. So I think it's huge to be able to create this safe space and exciting kind of unit as your home base. 
Well, if you think back, you know, really the first idea that you could remodel a house was this old house when it was on PBS. That was the very first time that anyone even thought the world word remodeling. Prior to that, if you needed a bigger house or you wanted something different, you just bought a different house. We all know that's not yeah. as easy today, right? <laughs> so today people are like, if I've got this space or I've, you know, definitely invested um, in a home in the last couple of years and have this great interest rate, they're looking at how to make that space even better for themselves. Right, right. And with everything that you just mentioned with HGTV or remodeling being so popular now and mainstream, how mm -hmm. does Kitchen Tune Up really set itself apart from the rest? Yeah, you know, I'm a big believer um, that technology is going to be, you know, something that we have to embrace as we continue to grow. And not only um, for the consumer side, but for the franchise owner, the franchise owner needs to have technology in order to um, scale efficiently, right? You can scale with people, that's expensive. Um, you can scale with people and technology, and that's usually doable. So with us bringing in technology on the backside, as well as thinking about where the customer is today. And, you know, our customer today has now experienced life virtually, and they now understand the power of Zoom and um, you know different virtual appointments, as well as they have seen some virtual reality and some augmented reality in some places of their world. So you know we invested um, quite a bit into a new tool for our consumer um, to be able to see their kitchen um, before they actually choose the actual doors and finalize it. So they can see that color and that style right um, in their own space with augmented reality so that you know we can move around with our iPad and show them how it's going to look on the side, how it's going to look in the front. It's such a valuable tool because so many people are looking to mix and match colors. It's, it's no longer one tone anymore, right? I want the island to be one color. I want the cabinets to be something different, sometimes the uppers and the lowers. And that's very hard to visualize. Yeah. And so being able to, you know, really have this investment of this visualizer um, that we use, ProView, is just been incredibly um, amazing for the homeowners. They love it. Um, they're just like able to make decisions much faster now. Well, that just takes me back to when my mom was remodeling my childhood home and the kitchen and all these little paint swatches and they stay there <laughs> for however many months. And then it's like, you know what? We finally chose. And so I think that this is huge for people who also, if you're like me, I'm indecisive and I, I'm also a perfectionist, which is kind of the worst two things to be. And I think that's amazing that you guys are able to offer that to your customers, especially when it's such a big, what feels like a really big decision. It is a big decision. It's probably about the third or fourth biggest purchase that they're going to make is some sort of a remodel in their home, you know, after their home and their car. And, you know, that's going to be another big purchase for them. So what other areas of technology or innovation or out-of-the-box thinking have you and your team and also your franchisees used within the past decade or so? Well, I think that we wanted to create a holistic operating system. I think that was really important. And so in 2018, we actually partnered with a company that was going to assist us in bringing in everything from having a calendar, a CRM um, embedded in it to all of the quoting, invoicing, all of the reminders. Um, and then we wanted to incorporate two-way texting reminders to the homeowner because how many times do we get texts now from the hair salon or from our doctor's office or something? Um, we have that all built in. And again, it's an easy button for the owners because they can just automate all of those texting. That's really helped us become much more efficient. Um, we can actually do more projects, but with really the same number of people because we've got so much automation built in. I think that was really big. And then of course we have a LMS, a learning management system that mm -hmm. is for our franchise owners 
to be able to be home for more of the training, as opposed to having to travel and be away from home for weeks on end. We wanted to still see them in person, but we knew that there was a lot we could deliver through a learning system. And so because we've built that out so robustly, they can now use that in segments to train their employees which has been extremely helpful, right? Because yeah. you know that's always something that you've got to have. So um, technology, I mean, we've got some great stuff at Bath Tunip, which is uh, my newer brand. Um, we have a great design tool on the website where somebody could upload their own bath picture and then they can start changing out the walls, the showers, the vanities. And so now they're able to see it in their own home. It's very self-service that way. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in technology. I've kind of jokingly said to people, I'd like to be a technology company that just happens to remodel kitchens and baths. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing. And I just love the idea that it brings your franchisees and whatever aspect of what needs to be done. So is training together and makes it way more efficient and Although I think adopting new technology can sometimes be hard and learning a new strategy can be frustrating. It seems like it's been really, really essential and awesome. You know, Mary, I, people will say that a lot, like, because we've brought in a lot of technology just in the last three or four years. And I'll sometimes hear that about the hard. And one of the things I'll tell people is, is it hard or is it new? Because remember the first time you got an iPhone or any sort of a new cell phone that was like, you know, smartphone, let's say. And you had to move from the old version and, you know, it took a little time to adapt and there was probably some things. So I tell people all the time that it's, it's probably just new. And I'll bet that as you do it a few times, all of a sudden you're going to look back and be like, that was really an easy adoption. But that first time, yeah, the brain is a little stubborn. Sometimes it wants to kind of push back. <laughs> yeah. And everything's really intimidating unless you're able to kind of take a step back and welcome it. And yes. so I think that goes to show if we don't understand it, it can seem like such a big hill. In reality, it's not. Well, and my team is amazing at creating flows of processes for training. So if we're introducing some new technology, there's going to be a manual that's going to go with it with clickable links and everything's videoed. So just little two minute videos, three minutes, this is how you do this, this is how you do this. So it's very stepped out. I'm, I just love that my team is always thinking about how to push the easy button for everyone. I agree. I agree. And exactly what you said and I just wrote it down, I had to, is it harder? Is it new? I think goes for technology and beyond. And one mm -hmm. thing that really stands out to me is the way that you talk about your franchisees and your owners making everything more efficient and accessible for them. Can you tell me more about the relationship you have, you and your yeah. team have with franchisees on a daily basis? Well, our franchisees called themselves Toonies well before I showed up. And so they're the Toonies and they call us the homies because we're the home office. So cute. So cute. So, um, and of course, if you're newer, you're maybe a baby toonie. And if you've been around a while, you might be a tunasaurus. So we have a lot of fun with our language. I think that, you know, trying to be different in this world of so many things out there that are, you know, kind of competing up against us. It's like, how do we have our own little tuniverse and our own little world? And part of it is with our language. And of course, the one thing is we come together to come up with shared goals. I believe the reason we're scaling and growing so much is that the owners are constantly bringing us new and bigger goals, things that, you know, had not been brought up before. And that is causing us to be like, yes, that is possible. Let's do it. And so um, one of our shared goals is that our owners can take off a month at a time and their business continues to operate. So how oh, do we yeah. do that? How do we get to a point where we can say, I can take off a month? Well, it's a very stepped out playbook so that I can give those pieces to other people. It's all of that training, video training and everything that's needed so I can bring in the right team members. 
Um, a lot of this is really just kind of thinking about this in a way that we can all agree that we want a month off and have our business continue to run. And so from there, now we can take and extrapolate all of the things that have to happen to make it go. So we do those types of shared dreams a lot. I love that. And I think the fact that your owners feel comfortable and excited about sharing new goals with you speaks mm -hmm. volumes. It's not always like that in a brand. And so the fact that they're able, and I also love the vocab, the toonies and <laughs> unisaurus, I just, I think it's really, really huge. The fact that they can be honest about their own passions and goals and you guys welcome it and also set forth a plan that you both can be part of. Well, I mean, beyond that, we're very um, transparent as a system. We want them to share numbers. We just got done doing a masterclass with an owner um, talking about profitability. And the one thing we talked about is you've got to share your numbers. Everyone needs to understand. So we actually put some more technology in place. We've got a platform where the owners will upload their P&Ls. And it keeps them all um, anonymous. Like nobody knows whose is whose. They can see their own, but they can compare themselves. Mm. to a region, to a state. They could compare themselves to another franchise of the same size to see how's my P&L comparing to theirs when it comes to expenses, when it comes to labor, when it comes to material costs, you know, am I on the same track? And so I love that this tool was an investment from home franchise concepts. They wanted to do that with all of the brands, but we really encourage people to, you know, let's move away from what our parents told us that we're not supposed to talk about money and let's talk about yeah. money a lot because we want profitability ultimately and being really out there and honest about it is the best way to find it. Huge. That's all huge. And I think having an even playing field where it's anonymous and mm -hmm. it allows the owner to be vulnerable and say, okay, well, it's no one's going to know it's me. I know I don't know who it is, but at least I know someone has my same size or my same mm -hmm. location type or same size mm -hmm. employees. And so I think that's phenomenal. What is the reception towards that been? Well, we have 98% adoption and we just released wow. it here about a month and a half ago. So wow. we've just got a few more people that we're kind of moving towards, which is, but we'll have hundred percent by the end of the month. So that's exciting. No, that's going to yeah. be exciting to see how that plays out too long-term. Yes. I think the owners were very excited about this possibility, a little nervous, but you know, if they trust what we're all trying to do together. And that's, again, that transparency. If everyone's trusting that we're all here for the same exact reason, everyone's here, you know, for a great consumer experience, as well as helping the franchise owners become profitable. And so if that is all of our shared experience, then everything we're doing together is getting us there. I completely agree. I completely agree. And what other passion projects would you say you've had within your role, whether it goes towards location owners or the corporate team, can you share some of those? Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about, uh, okay, what kinds of passionate things mm -hmm. and, and like almost too many people kind of maybe describe me as a little too passionate at times. That's a good thing. That's but a good thing. I think I, I went way back to my very first year in 2003 at Kitchen Tune-Up and I showed up and one of the things that was surprising me was that 50% of the owners did not use email. So they weren't using a brand. This is 2003, this is 20, 20 years ago. Wow. <laughs> and I thought to myself, how could we get everyone? And I'm all about like, let's make it fun. Let's figure out how to do this in a way that everyone's excited about. And I thought, what if I wrote a motivational email and I call it the Monday morning tune-up and I'll tell people the only way to access it is through email. 
And a few people did ask me if I'd fax it to them, <laughs> but I said, oh no, this is going to be an email. And so within about two months, we had every single owner with email and I started writing this, you know, motivational weekly email, which I was thinking to myself, it was really for this reason, 20 years later, it is still mm-hmm. one of the biggest communication pieces that we have. Now I don't write it anymore, <laughs> right? right. Um, but I do obviously, you know, kind of contribute here and there. So that was probably you know, one of my biggest passions was probably getting that started and then realizing that pieces that you create will become part of your culture in time. Um, The language was obviously another one. Um, We already had some language going on when I showed up, but I thought, you know, one of the things is we want to go to work every day and be happy. We need to have a fun atmosphere. We need to have uh, fun with our franchises. I mean, there are days that we have to have serious conversations. There are days where we need to talk about other things. But for the most part, if we are out here going, listen, if we're having fun today, if you know everyone's enjoying it, the home office team, the franchise owners, and I really encourage that. Um, I look for that in our attributes when I look for a new franchise. Like, are these people that are generally optimistic in life? Um, yeah. Do they look for ways to make their life a little more enjoyable? as opposed to always looking for that harder path, right? Because they're both um, there equally yeah. for us, we can choose. Um, but then probably another thing that um, has been a little bit of a passion was how to duplicate me as I started to grow in my role. And, you know, I found that, you know, before I was president, I was VP of marketing and sales and I had a coaching certificate and I was doing just a ton of coaching with people. And as I got busier, it's not that I wasn't making time for people, but they felt bad taking my time. They would be like, I know you're busy. I don't want to bother you. And so, but they would say, I miss those calls. I miss that time where you would just give me a, just that little piece of information. And so I was watching my, my adult children and they were really into podcasts. And so this was like the summer of 2019, I believe. And I remember thinking I'd never listened to a podcast before. And right. so I thought I'd go search for one, see what it was about listen to one. And I'm like, I can duplicate myself here. I could create a daily podcast and I could just give a five minute little tidbit, something that they might need to hear, um, possibly just relating something. Maybe I had a question or somebody has asked me something, but I could take it out for everyone to hear the answer. And that would give them more access. And so we started doing that in September of 2019. And I think we're about 900 and some podcasts now, just on that channel. We've got two other channels. Um, because here's the thing, people are in their cars a lot (laughs) and, you know, they don't always want to come back to their office and just read things or try to watch a webinar. So if we can put things in the easiest form possible for somebody to have access to it and for people that are driving podcasts seem to be it. So, I mean, that was just another passion thing for me where people are like, you give up a lot of your time for that. And I'm like, I'm just passionate about being able to have that access, you know, or them having access to me and my thoughts and not feeling like they can't just have that conversation. I get a lot of emails after the podcast saying, oh, I I agreed with that one, or this is what I'm going to put into action. So it's, it's allowing us to have that conversation continually. Yeah. And I think it also sets this precedent that no matter how much or how little is going on, you're always going to be there for the people that work with you. And it's a two-way street where they feel that they can have feedback and get excited and quote you sometimes. Yeah, you're delivering this really good info and best practices that does set the precedent for their day or their week. And so I, I just think it's a really good way for a leader to stay in constant communication. Yeah. I think that, you know, when you are thinking outside the box and maybe you're one of the first 
doing something, you know, you sometimes wonder, you know, should I be doing this? I don't hear about this anywhere else. And I'm kind of on the opposite end. If I haven't heard about it before, I'm going to probably think it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Let's try it. Yeah. It just yeah. means that somebody hasn't made that a priority yet. And um, if we make it a priority, um, we always have time for it. Exactly. And also this is a, this is a success story and something that's really worked out, but if it doesn't work out, then you can always try something else. I think right. people are so scared. It's like, no, I mean, you're going to get your footing. It just depends right. on what it is. Yeah. That's right. That's I love right. that. I love that. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask for you to give us also some tidbits about both bath tune up and also mm-hmm. home franchise concepts and the story sure. of both. Yeah. So bath tune up, I, I feel like it's been in my heart for, you know, over 12 years. Um, I remember when uh, the recession hit in 2008 and 2009, we were doing more baths back then at kitchen tune up, but we decided to let that part go. So we could really focus on our core services. And ever since then, I'm like, we need to have a bath brand. And Mm. then I had three different bathrooms remodeled in my own home at different times within about a four year, five year period. And it was, not a great experience. Oh, no. <laughs> I remember thinking we could do this so much better. Like we know how to take care of customers. We know how to give them an experience. And all we really need to do is, you know, we got to find the right suppliers. We've got to set up the price. I mean, we, we could, we've done this, like we can do this again, but yeah. it really took us a little bit of time, you know, mostly at the time to convince my dad that we were going to start another brand. But eventually we did make the decision that that was going to happen. And fortunately it happened the year that, you know, COVID kind of hit too. So 2020 is when we actually went to launch the brand. Um, It took us a little while to get all the trademark and everything due to the closures throughout the year. So we actually launched the last month of 2020. And two weeks later, uh, we were acquired by Home Franchise Concepts. So it was a lot happening in um, a short period of time. And, you know, Home Franchise Concepts was a place that I was always really interested in. And I had heard that they had um, sold, uh, they had been with private equity, but they had sold to a private company. And I was very intrigued and I called them. And at that time, my mom and dad were pretty much ready to retire. We'd already been talking about it. We just didn't really know exactly where we wanted to go. But my dad's like, you want to stay with it, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm just started back tune up and I've got some other goals to hit. So I called some people I knew at HFC and asked them and they said it was just an amazing transition um, to go with JM family. And so I started talking with them and our values were just so lined up that I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, how can that, like, it's gotta not be true, right? Like, how can it be that perfect? And, you know, we go through the acquisition, we get into it. You know, I think for the first few months, we're all kind of waiting, like, you know, is this real? Is this real? Because it just seemed too good. And it's been amazing. And we're in our third year now after the acquisition. And it is great. Um, They uh, are very investment forward as far as looking at what we need to do to keep growing. And it's just an amazing place because I now have other leaders and presidents and people that we can bounce ideas off. I've got an amazing, you know, huge IT team and a huge, you know, marketing team, people that are, that I would never have had access to, not for years and years. Could we have afforded that in our brand or would we have been able to bring them into our home office in Aberdeen, South Dakota, right? right? So just having access to that support and that talent has just been a game changer for us. It has just helped us to continue to scale and grow. And so, you know, if people are calling me now and saying, you know, what do you think about selling our company? I'm like, find a perfect partner. And I know that sounds like really 
you know, how can you find a perfect partner? It's like, you can, you just have to keep asking and watch for those values to just line up because once those values are all in the same place, it's, it's a lot easier. It could not be a better match. And I think yeah. I, I would love to know the advice that you have for other leaders or brands that are thinking, or maybe even just toying with the idea of doing something similar. You said you called up, you asked questions, mm -hmm. you identified values and saw if they matched. What, are there any other pieces of advice you would say are important? Yeah. I mean, you got to get your ducks in a row. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely would say that, you know, we had been talking about it, um, probably since 2018, but I could tell my parents weren't quite all in until about 2020. My, my mom and dad at this point have gone through how many recessions, you know, and now we hit a pandemic. <laughs> Nuts. Nuts. And, you know, we, the pandemic, you know, ultimately um, ended up really escalating our business really fast because everybody wanted to do something in their home. But at the time, I think there was just, for them, it was just like, okay, you know what? We just, the ups and downs of the world in general are not as appealing. So, I mean, we definitely had been working for about a year and a half just to ensure that we understood you know, what would a company that would acquire us, what would they be looking for? What kinds of paperwork do you need? You know, even starting to build out folders, you know, there's like, there's, there's a lot of work to do in due diligence. It's, it's a long lo list of things that have to be done and you've got to be prepared for that. And for me personally, I don't know if it would work for every brand, but I let my whole team know what we were doing. I didn't keep it a secret. I've definitely heard of people that have kept it away from the, their team and they've just kind of done it in private my team would have been very confused. They would have been like, why, why is Heidi working so late? And why is her door always closed? I mean, I just decided to bring everybody in and let them yeah. have, have a say too. Like I wanted them to understand what we were trying to accomplish and to ease any of the concerns that they might have, you know, as far as my intentions and what I was going to do. So I think those were really critical, but yeah, I mean, ask around, look at different franchises that you admire and see you know, how are they operating? How would you like to operate? You know, is, are there other brands that could be synergistic and work with you in the same holding place, right? Like, so with HFC, of course, we've got, you know, all kinds of home service brands. So there's a lot of times that our franchises can give each other leads and, you know, we can work together. A lot of what we're doing is very similar because we're in the home space. So that was really, that worked for us the best. Perfect answer. I think it's huge. <laughs> and I think that's a really big takeaway for a lot of leaders, especially as time goes on with the brand, no matter what, the main goal is to better it and better the people within it and yes. work together. And so I think that's all really good advice and it's huge. And I was thinking about this too, the recession, the recessions that happened in the past and then the pandemic, it's huge for a brand to be able to withstand that time and be able to still come out on top. Yeah. What yeah. advice would you have for other leaders of brands making sure to go through their entire journey and the ups and downs, what are some of the biggest pieces of advice you would say? If you don't feel like you have enough grit, I would study Angela Duckworth's grit book. I mean, it, you, you've got to be really gritty <laughs> in any economy because it's constantly changing. I learned a ton from my dad. Um, my dad was a very generous, uh, quietly generous person. Most people didn't even know how much he was doing for people. He didn't need to advertise it. But the one thing I learned that I might've done opposite was in 2008, when the recession hit, my dad pulled back, you know, he'd been at an age where, you know, he was like almost getting ready to start thinking about retiring. So he got a little nervous, like what if everything's gone and he stopped investing and he pulled way, way back. And I did the opposite when the pandemic, you know, I don't even think we're calling it a pandemic then it was like, you know, the third week in March or something and things yeah. were starting to close down. And I remember thinking to myself, 
you have a choice. You can pull back and try to be safe or go the other way. Just go all in. And so I remember I got all of our franchises together on a call and I said, here's the thing, guys, no toonie left behind. Everybody's going to get through whatever we're going through together, whatever it takes. So if I have to waive fees, if I have to change loan agreements, whatever we have to do, you guys are all getting through this. And we worked every week on things. We learned how to do virtual calls. We started virtual training. We did all kinds of things, but we brought everyone along with us and we didn't lose any franchises during that time. And so- um, because we all made this commitment together, like, listen, I, you know, I don't know either, not done this, but I know if we do it together and if we talk about it and we're, you know, we're constantly kind of researching, we're going to be fine. I know that for sure. Yeah. And so I think that was one thing I, I, I took from my dad. I watched the, the other way and I went the other direction. So I would just say, you have to be gritty. You have to take risks. Sometimes you have to be able to be upfront and honest with people and tell them, listen, I'm taking a risk right along with you, but you're worth it. Right. Yeah, I love that. And I think the camaraderie and community that people needed to feel during the pandemic, it sounds like you guys executed it it flawlessly with making sure that everyone felt part of these decisions and aware of what was going on and supported. And I think that's phenomenal advice for any leader or person in general during both good and hard times. Yeah, I'm sure that like five, six months of the first part of the pandemic, I'm sure is the hardest we've ever worked as a team. And we worked really hard in other times, but I just remember right. thinking everyone was all in. Everybody was at the office and like, how can we help? We changed all of our social media and all of our advertising. But, you know, again, that's, you know, what you, when you do care about your system, you know, you kind of do whatever it takes in the moment. Yeah. Pivot with passion for mm-hmm. sure. For <laughs> like sure. That. Pivot with passion. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what can we expect from both kitchen tune-up and bath tune-up in 2023, the rest of the year? Yes, we are on a great trajectory um, for continued growth. And so we've been growing, you know, well over 60% growth over the last four years straight, like just boom, 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 kept growing. And um, we're kind of continuing that pathway. We are implementing more and more training all the time. I'm, I'm very passionate about continued learning and development, both as a business owner and as a human. And so I'm very passionate about reading and, and podcasts and really just kind of what can we do to continue to grow? as people. And I think that because of that, you know, we've just started to create more and, and home franchise concepts has now created some agnostic training. Um, They just created a training and it just went out last week and it's just some, you know, fundamental financial terminology and things that they need to know financially. And over 300 people have already registered in like four days. So our franchises are hungry to continue to learn. And so we want to continue to offer that up. So we're seeing more of that happening. I think as we, you know, get all of those um, PLs in, we're going to be doing lots of training on what you need to look for in your PL and how are you going to continue to set up your business for profitability and for success. Um, we've got a great big expo event in Nashville where all the brands come together and all of our suppliers come in. That's an amazing event. We did the first one last year, and this time we're going to be having this. Um, it's it's going to be even larger. Um, we're going to add a sales boot camp in there. We're going to add a couple of other um, trainings because of the passion for that. You know, we definitely see, um, you know, with our training facility now in Dallas that we have, you know, we have a whole house built inside the training facility so that the franchises can come in, they can do a sales call, they can measure. I mean, it's the space is impressive. And that's what I mean about investment forward, right? I mean, we're constantly investing in how we can make the training better. How can we make the experience better for the franchise owner, which ultimately is going to make a better experience for that consumer too. That's 
wonderful. And I just love the idea that learning doesn't stop when it's on the schedule. It goes all the time. No matter what, learning never stops and being able to better yourself and better your brand, everything doesn't have to just be on a professional basis. It starts personally too. And so I love that you guys are doing that. And the fact that for that course in particular, you had 300 signups in the past four days is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was I was not surprised because I do think that a lot of the franchise owners, you know, they really do want to be the best at being a franchise owner. They really yeah. do. And they want to be the best entrepreneur they can be. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I think just giving opportunities to people so they can be the best is what we are here to do. Like, we're just going to give as many opportunities and let people excel you know, to the level that they keep wanting to excel. Now, some, some months, maybe they've got some family things and it's just not the, the time to start learning about the business, but then if it's still offered again the next month, then they're going to come right back into it again. Right. Right. No, I think that's amazing. I think that's great. I loved hearing about the franchisees and leadership and how you have just really helped build this phenomenal brand, I, the both brands. And it was wonderful to have you on today. Thank you oh, so much for talking so much. with us. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for uh, bringing us on and letting us tell the story of the Tuniverse. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. We will be talking soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You already know I'd love to talk shop about what insights were your favorite. For those of you that don't know us yet, Ularity is the world's most efficient local marketing platform. Using machine learning and automation, our state-of-the-art technology simplifies the complex world of developing and executing digital marketing programs, all for a flat and transparent fee. Our technology-based SaaS, software as a service, model is a fraction of the cost of traditional vendors. Check us out at Ularity.com, E-U-L-E. RITY.com and keep an eye out for our next episode of the Darwinian Times Survival of the Nimblest. Stay safe, stay happy, talk soon.